G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're going to be talking today about equipping and empowering believers. We've been talking a lot recently about the amazing outreach and growth of the Christian church in Africa. Well, there's an estimated 500 million Christians across Africa. The growth there is so significant, Christians are sending out missionaries. Churches there are expanding their reach around the world. One of those significant churches that we're connecting with today is called the Redeemed Christian Church of God. They've got something in the vicinity of 50,000 members at their church in Nigeria. They're described as one of Africa's most vigorously expansionary religious movements crusading to become a global faith. Now, if you're inspired by the thought of a big vision, they're working towards every household in the whole world having at least one member in their church. Well, we're talking today about equipping and empowering believers today with one of the senior leaders of that movement. Pastor Abraham Hastrup is the continental overseer of the redeemed Christian Church of God here in Australia. Pastor Abraham, a special welcome along to 2020. God bless you, Neil. Thank you for inviting me to come and share some things about our church and ministry, the redeemed Christians of God and the church in Africa. God bless you. Abraham, do you live in Australia now or are you overseeing the Australian enterprise and outreach from Africa? What's your position? Thank you very much. Uh, let me also welcome all our listeners and thank them for tuning in. I live in Australia. I live in Melbourne. And I've been living here for 12 years now, by God's grace. So I oversee the church right from Melbourne. All right. And uh, if we're reflecting on, uh, I guess you'd call it the Mother Church uh, back in uh, in Nigeria, the Redeemed yes. Church of God, and uh, something like 2,000 parishes across the nation of Nigeria. Give us a little idea of just how significant the church is that you're representing. Okay. Thanks very much. Uh, by God's grace, the redeemed Christian Church of God is a very big church in Nigeria. God uh, gave a vision to the founder in 1952, and the church started with definite mandate to the founder that it would take the church around the world. Uh, RCCG is an evangelical church, and we are also Pentecostal by God's grace, and uh, as at today, to the glory of God, we are represented in over 195 nations of the world. So you're so in... Thank God for what God is in. Yes, we are in over 195 nations of the world. 195 nations around the world. And, uh, yes, and so what sometimes is surprising for Australian Christians or for Western Christians uh, is that uh, while uh, some will have in their mind that Africa was a focus of mission activity, 
uh, that now the rest mm-hmm. of the world has become the focus of mission activity for African Christians. Uh, what are your thoughts right. on, on how passionate African believers are and uh, the mission endeavor? Okay, uh, thank you for that. By God's grace, the church in Africa is mission-minded. I think they believe that uh, if God used the West to come and evangelize them, and they see all the developments, all the apostasy and backsliding in the Western world, I believe God is directing Africa back to give to the Western world what they earlier gave to us. They showed us the light, so we are bringing the light back to them by God's grace. And that has been the focus of most African evangelical churches, reaching back to the West. Now, some will say, uh, well, with 500 million Christian believers across the continent of Africa, there's still a lot of work to do in Africa as well. So it's a matter of, uh, there's an old saying, uh, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. You've got your outreaches that happen uh, in continental Africa, across all of those n- countries in Africa. But you've also got this mission outreach. As you say, 195 nations around the world. That's a staggering number. So uh, so the outreach, is there a big focus uh, that's coming from your church on the mission activity expanding around the world? That's right. Yes, uh, we believe that uh, as we go out, we also focus on our local environment, Nigeria and Africa countries. So we are moving both ways, which is also biblical. Jesus Christ gave the commission, the great commission to disciples, beginning from Jerusalem, go all over the world, to Judea, to Samaria, and to all over the world. So our base is expanding, and we're also reaching out to the whole world. Now the church, RCCG, uh, if you look at our own aspect in Australia here, we, the church came around this part of the world in 1999. And uh, as of today, by God's grace, we have about 80 assemblies and satellite campuses spread all across Australia and the Pacific Islands. So as we're expanding at home, God is also opening the door for the church all over the world. So since 1999, uh, the expansion here in Australia is uh, now up to 80 assemblies. Now, that might not mean that everyone has their own church building uh, stake in the ground in communities, but uh, these are assemblies uh, that are gatherings of believers and uh, you're renting halls, uh, you're you're into uh, convention centres and such things, and you're meeting here in Australia. Now, what are the... How's the makeup look? Is it... Has it been like a gathering of uh, African people who are a part of communities that have have, have formed the foundation for these? Uh, what does the makeup look like in those assemblies? Okay, we, we have uh, most assemblies are multicultural. We have Africans, Nigerians, East Africans, West Africans, some assemblies. We also have our locals, the people who are Australians, people who are Pacific Islanders. There are many of them in our churches. Uh, if you go to our church, for example, in uh, Solomon Island or Fiji or Samoa, virtually 95% of the population are indigenous of those nations. Only the missionaries that we send there are pastors there, and they're working with the community. So God is opening the door to the, Our purpose is to reach the people in those nations. So it's not a Nigerian church abroad, but the church in those nations. So that's our project and that's our uh, target. And uh, probably one can ask what is driving us. And uh, we can say that we are driven 
by three things. The first is the great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ himself in Matthew chapter 28, from verse 18 to 20. And then we are driven by our place in that particular great commission. You know, the great commission is global and also is uh, intergenerational. So we are trying to find our place in that great commission. And then, of course, we are driven by the third element of our vision and our mission statement. I was happy that to mention something regarding our mission statement where you were introducing me. Now, the vision of our CCG is to make heaven. Every member to make heaven. Our second vision is to take as many people with us as possible. And then that's why we do three basic things. Number one, we said we will live holy because that's a condition to make heaven. Second, we will say we also teach people to live holy and then we'll plant churches. Five minutes walking distance in developed countries and uh, five minutes walking distance in uh, developing countries and then 10 minutes driving distance in developed countries. The purpose of planting churches is so that people can come in and they can grow. When you do evangelistic outreach, you don't have a place to put the people to grow them, to disciple them, then the effort will not be you know, as effective. So we plant churches so that people can come and gather and be taught the way of the Lord. So these are some of the things we do, and we say we will have at least a member of our CCG in every family on earth. That's our target, and God is opening the door for that. It sounds like a strategy to me, uh, those things that you're looking to do, encouraging every member to live holy and a major focus on planting churches and uh, within five minutes of everyone in those developed countries, growing the people by growing the church. Uh, Abraham, I wonder, a a thought or two, uh, your own story. How did you come to Christ? What was life like before you made a decision or had an encounter with God? Thank you. I met the Lord a little over 41 years ago. That's on July 8, 1981. Precisely, it was a Wednesday. I was, you know, into, I just left the university, finished my national service. And then, like any fresh graduate, you know, having the ambition to be great in life, going into many sinful ways. But the Lord encountered me, and I gave my life to Christ at that evening, and that has made a positive turning point in my life over the years. So I started following the Lord. I was discipled. And then the Lord called me in 1992 to full-time ministry. I was in the University of Birmingham, United Kingdom, when the Lord spoke specifically to me that he wanted me to be a missionary. And I told him specifically that I would go to East Africa then, and I went to East Africa later in 1993. So from there, God has been taking me around the world. So I got born again in 1981, and then I've been serving the Lord ever since. And when you were serving in East Africa, did you think of that as missionary service? Yes, I was a pioneer missionary for our church in East Africa, precisely in the... Lusaka, Zambia. So we went to start the first church there, and uh, God began to open door for the kingdom of God over there. So I was specifically called for missions, and that has been my focus over the last uh, 30 years plus to the glory of God. So mission has taken us around some nations of the world, and that's what brought us to Australia to oversee the churches here. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. 
This is 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might like to join in our conversation. You might have a question. You might have a comment. We're talking about equipping and empowering believers. I wonder if you've got a question that you might like to put to our special guest, Pastor Abraham Hustrop, who's the Continental Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God in Australia. Of course, he emanates from Africa in the nation of Nigeria, as he was just sharing after he had an encounter with God and uh, gave his life to God and was called into service, became a pioneering missionary in the nation of Zambia back in the 1980s. Here he is overseeing mission endeavour in Australia and already there's 80 uh, gatherings, 80 of these assemblies that are happening here in Australia. one 316 to join in our conversation. Abraham, it's an inspiring story as to what's gone on uh, in all of uh, sub-Saharan Africa with the revival conditions that have been going on, the fact that it's reached our shores in Australia. Let's start to talk through some issues around equipping and empowering believers. In your experience uh, in Africa, what happens when someone responds at a rally and they respond to Christ, there's an encounter with God or even some miraculous conversion? What happens from that point as you talk about shaping that believer for some level of service? Okay. Thanks very much. Uh, just a little bit of information on the growth of the church in Australia here. The 80 assemblies I mentioned are both in Australia and the Pacific Islands. Yep. Within Australia itself, we have a little over 50, and then the rest are in the Pacific Islands, from Guam to Solomon Island to Papua New Guinea, and everywhere there, including Vanuatu and all those islands. So in Australia itself, we have a little over 50. Now, to your question, the first step in raising believers is genuine salvation. So our main goal is to raise believers and to raise biblical disciples. So what we do is, first of all, we go out for evangelism. Or when people come to worship with us, we invite them to give their life to Christ. And when we have made converts, then the process of making them true believers and discipling them begins. So what we do is that after any outreach, whether indoor or outdoor, we have two levels of development for those who give their life to Christ. That's something we call basic believers class which tests every new convert how to know their left and right in their new relationship with Christ. We have a small pamphlet we give to them that says, now that you are saved, that tells about steps, the steps you can take to have a beginning relationship with Christ. So we follow this up uh, with what we call the workers in training. And during the workers in training, we assist people to identify the gifts and the callings of God upon their life. And then we tell them the various departments where they could serve, depending on what God is calling them for. So that's our basic uh, discipleship program, Believer's Class, which is about uh, eight to ten weeks. And then the workers in training, another six weeks program. Then thereafter, we pray for those who graduate, we baptize them, we, you know, ask them to go into believer, uh, workers in training. After the workers in training, then we now begin to have what I would call advanced programs of discipleship. We have a school of disciples program, and we have three modules in that course that also last about uh, 
10 months. The first uh, module talks about knowing yourself as a disciple. The second one talks about knowing your enemy, which is Satan. And then the third one is, you know, talks about how to, to serve God. Thereafter, we encourage them people to also attend our Bible college. We have a Bible college in Australia here. You know, the registrar is based in uh, Perth. We do online program and annually we graduate people to serve God. So these are some of the things we do to disciple our members. And of course, when you enter the leadership position in the church, we begin to take you through leadership conferences, workshops, seminars, and retreats that also equip people for leadership position. So we do quite a lot of things by the grace of God. So what I can hear here is that from start to serving in mission, uh, serving in an effective way, uh, really you can do this all in the matter of 12 months. So from your knowing yourself as a disciple, knowing your enemy and knowing how to serve God. And uh, as you say, those, uh, those extra dimensions there over the course of basically one year, and you've got a mature, in some sense, uh, believer who's now serving effectively in the kingdom. Is that the way it's supposed to work? Is that the design you've got there and, and like just a one-year program and you've got someone who's fully fledged and able to serve? Yeah, this is a continuous program. i just give you the basic ones they do to put them into God's service. There are other things we also do to make sure that we get our members to be well-grounded in the Lord. Our basic uh, objective, you know, is wanting to equip, another thing to empower people to serve God. So we equip them, we have, you know, talked about. We emphasize personal knowledge and relationship with God. This is something we emphasize. We want people to know God personally, hear him speak to them, and hear him direct them to what they need to do. So we emphasize personal relationship, personal knowledge of God, personal relationship with God. Very, very important. Now, we provide opportunities for our members to serve as volunteers in various departments and units in the church, depending, like I said, on their giftings and callings. And... Uh, one of the two ways we also encourage them to grow is that we promote faithful workers and volunteers through various means, through giving them higher appointments, through ordaining them into higher levels of service within the church mission, and so on and so forth. So um, because of the structure of the church itself, you know, like I said, we have assemblies, and each assembly, a group of assemblies, will form areas, a group of areas, we form zones, and then we group a, a number of zones together to form a province. And then a, a number of provinces, we pull them into regions. So in the Australia Pacific continent, for example, we have two regions, one in the South Pacific, and then one in Australia here that covers all the six states and two territories of Australia. So definitely we, we do a lot to give them basic training in one year, then from that they move on to higher developments and services. It sounds a fabulous strategy, and and for listeners today, perhaps never even been exposed to the thought that this sort of strategy that goes along with Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you know, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the outer parts 
uh, outermost parts of the earth, uh, th- there might be groups, areas, zones and provinces and regions, and uh, that there might be overseers of each of those, and that there might be a track of discipleship that actually prepares and equips believers to be able to serve in those areas. You did mention uh, water baptism as part of the initial uh, discipleship program. How important is it for you, Abraham, to have those water baptisms happening? Just yes. What we do is that we have a booklet that has several chapters that takes people through basic relationship with Christ, and then after the lectures, we do a short exam for them to make sure that they grasp what they were taught, and then. We ask the senior pastors to handle the water baptism by immersion. That's what we do, because that's the biblical uh, water baptism that we read in the Bible. Christ was immersed, and many other people in the Bible. So that's what we do. It's very, very important to us because it signifies two things. When we put people in water, they are buried with Christ. When they're brought out, they're brought out to live a new life of Christ. It also signifies that they are making a public statement, either to relations or to friends, that they are now willing to go with Christ. It is thereafter we introduce them to the what I call workers in training. We are opening our talkback lines open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Abraham, let's take a call. Abby is in Adelaide in South Australia. Hi, Thank Abby. You. Welcome. Thank you very Thank much. You. Abby, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I, I'm a member of the church, and um, I know that um, the church is doing a great work um, across Australia. And I know that there's a program coming up soon in the Gold Coast. Um, i just like um, to know more about the program um, coming up in the Gold Coast. All right, and we want to talk about that because you've got a convention coming up uh, the 21st through the 24th of September. The theme is The King is Coming. It'll be at the Southport Church of Christ on the Gold Coast. Uh, undoubtedly, this will be a, a key a gathering, won't it, Abraham, for the people that you've got in Australia and in those uh, South Pacific Islands? That's right. Uh, thank you, Abby, for calling in. The program is an annual gathering of God's children. And uh, like we said, the tip is the king is coming. The main purpose is to focus us as God's children back to the fact that Christ is coming very soon and that we should prepare by living daily in anticipation of his coming, living right, and then winning souls. So that, like we said earlier, as part of our vision, so that we don't go to heaven alone, we take as many people with us. So the purpose of that convention is to focus our members back on the fact that King Jesus is coming soon and is coming for a set of people. Now, the program is taking place from 21st of September to 24th at uh, the Conference Hall of the Southport Church of Christ, uh, number one, Griffith Way, Gold Coast, Queensland. Now, the question one will ask is, who is the program for? I want to define it as... uh, a gathering or like an homecoming of members and volunteers and ministers of RCCG from across Australia and the Pacific Islands. That does not mean we will not welcome non-members of the church because they know, I know that uh, when they come, they will be blessed and that we have a lot of things packaged for the period. It's going to be a wonderful gathering 
and uh, you know, God will be there with us. Thank you. Abby, thank you so much for your call. Uh, just before we go to news, uh, you've got a whole bunch of guest speakers for your convention. Is your uh, Nigerian church leader going to arrive here personally or is he addressing that convention uh, by uh, some sort of video link? Yes, thank you for that. He's going to address us through a video link and uh, he's going to take a very important session of the convention, which we call the Holy Ghost Service of Festival of Life. It's a very special meeting made up of deep worship, special prayer Though for various aspects of life, the family, the youth, the nations, the church as a body globally. And then there'll be midst of the word of God, and it's always with signs and wonders, healings, you know, taking place there from all our experience. Abraham, I need to interrupt because we're about to go to news. Pastor Abraham, let me just ask you, as we, as before we go any further, about what's yes. happening in the, the Mother Church in Nigeria, where all of this activity has been generated. A 50,000 strong church, and perhaps that's an old number, it might be a little bigger. But I was interested in, uh, there is a gathering that you have monthly called a Holy Ghost Service in Lagos, Nigeria. I wonder if you can give us an insight into just what that looks like. Okay, thank you very much, Nell. Now, the Holy Ghost service, like I said, uh, takes place in three dimensions. We have a monthly one. The first Friday of every month, we gather from 7 p.m. till about 2 a.m. the following morning, Saturday morning. And it's a gathering that is filled with worship, deep worship, prayers of various kinds, including praying for the nations, and then that's ministration of the word, and then lay hands of, on people. We've had fantastic testimonies of what God has been doing over the years. Now, the uncommon for that program is our the leader of the church itself, the general of the church, Pastor Enoch Adeboye, uh, who's the general of the church all over the world. And uh, God has been using him over the years. He's been more than 41 years in ministry as head of the church. And through him, God has taken the church all over the world, like I told you earlier. Now, he's a man anointed, highly anointed by God. And not only does he have special insight to the word of God, he's anointed for signs and wonders. And many miracles happen in that service. People get healed. People get delivered. The barren conceive um, miraculous things happen there, and uh, I've been a beneficiary of such meetings and miracles myself over the years, and that's why we also try to tell the world that this thing is happening right in Africa, and the internet has made it possible that people can link from all over the world, people join from all over the world on this monthly service. Abraham, one of the staggering things here is the number of people that turn out for this monthly Holy Ghost service. What sort of numbers does this gathering attract? Yes, the monthly one attracts nothing less than 500,000 members or worshippers. But we have a special edition of it that takes place in the second week of December every year. That one attracts more than 2 million people. We have two big auditoriums. One of them is, we call it three by three, that is three kilometers 
by 30 kilometer auditorium. And then we have another one which is also 1.5 kilometer by 500 meters. And uh, you only need to see this on television to really believe that these things really happen. And we want the world to know that God is doing this on the ground in Nigeria. So just to pause and reflect here for a moment, uh, for a lot of Aussies, it's hard to comprehend uh, what it would be like to have a monthly gathering of believers and 500,000 people turn out. And as you say, well, that doesn't seem all that many when you compare the 2 million that come to your end of year uh, service. Uh, it is absolutely staggering, those numbers. We'll talk some more perhaps about that. Uh, we're taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 Let's take a call from Bernanel in, so Bernanel, uh, in Brisbane. Hello, Bernanel. Welcome Bolani, along. Bolani. Bolani, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Bolani, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, I just think it's great. We're looking forward to the program. You know, it's happened in Melbourne before. Um, you know, this is uh, something we do from time to time, and it's usually very power-packed. We're looking forward to it. So this is our first time of hosting it in Brisbane. Thank you. Balani, uh, your thoughts for Balani, Abraham? Yeah, thank you, Balani, for phoning in. Uh, I want to give you assurance that, by God's grace, you will not be disappointed. The program in Queensland is going to be a very wonderful, spirit-filled program. That will bless both those who are coming and even the land of Queensland itself and the Church of God as a body in Queensland. So we look forward to seeing you there by God's grace. Balani, thank you so much for your call. Let's come back to uh, the African experience. Uh, good to talk about what's going on in Australia, and we'll talk some more about the upcoming convention that's happening. But the background of those believers who are coming to Christ en masse uh, in your uh, home city there in Lagos, Nigeria, and across sub-Saharan Africa, I mean, the numbers are staggering. But what sort of backgrounds are those new believers coming from, Abraham? Okay, thanks very much for that question. Before I answer that, uh, you said it may stand unbelievable to have 500,000 people and more gathering at a monthly program. Uh, maybe that's why I need to ask our listeners to visit www.rccg.org and then just press Oligo Service. If they do that on the YouTube, they will see various editions and the crowd, massive crowd. The choir there is over 10,000 members choir. So that will tell you what the audience will be like if the choir could be about 10,000. So that as is me, then let me take your question. Now, people come to Christ massively because they see God in action, especially at such religious services that we talk about. Now, the background of the people coming to Christ are diverse as uh, in every nation. Now, because of the spiritual background of many in Africa and also economic background of many of our people, the only place we can look to for help is God. So we pray, and God answers prayers, sent help to the people. Now, given the background of where they're coming from, it means not only must we teach them new things about Christ, we must also teach them to drop the old ways of life. 
If they were trusting some things that were not godly before, maybe the local gods or idols, we must ask them to drop that. And that's why we also not just preach, we also minister what we call deliverance to people. Because when people trusted in idols, they're not just trusting in the carvings or the moldings, they're trusting in the spirit behind them, and those spirits continue to work against them, even if they decamp and say they're coming to Christ. So we break the yoke, so to say. So we have what we call deliverance services. As people come to Christ, we pray for them to be free from all those influences of all those uh, former spirits manipulating their lives. It's quite uh, an interesting experience that we discover that when they give their life to Christ, renounce all those forces over their life in the past, they become totally free, free to live a new life, free to follow Christ, and then free to begin to make progress in life. So it's quite understanding that they have diverse backgrounds. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own contribution, a question, a comment, even a critique. That's okay too. 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Ola is in Sydney. Hello, Ola. Welcome. Hi, how are you? Very well. Ola, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm so excited uh, to hear about the principle of church growth that uh, your guest I just spoke about, you know, uh, using that principle is a very fantastic one. And um, I reckon that is something that uh, every other church organization can actually borrow. Because from uh, reading from the website of the church, I discovered that the growth of the church uh, is synonymous to the uh, actualization of that principle. I don't know the, uh, whether your guests can tell us more, because I'm equally a pastor, and I will appreciate I mean, more enlightenment about that principle of their church growth. Okay, let's talk church growth. Abraham, your thoughts for Ola? Okay, thanks, uh, Ola, for tuning in. God bless you, sir. Uh, the thing that is driving us, as I mentioned earlier in this program, is the vision of the church. We have a vision stroke uh, mission statement that tells us what we ought to be and what we are asked to do. So the principle of church planting is also evangelistic attempt that when people find the church near them, they could easily walk in, hear the word of God, the transforming work word of God begins to make them new persons. So we plant churches so that people can easily come near, worship God, be taught the way of the Lord. I said earlier that our strategy is to make sure that people have personal relationship with God. And that will come through the knowledge of what we teach them about God. So our church planting strategy has been working by God's grace because it is born out of a vision. Now the Bible says, that which is born of God overcometh the world. So it's a vision that is born of God and God is making it to prosper. Ola, so thank you. It's a strategy that is working, and it's working in Australia here too by the grace of God because it's a universal policy. Thank right. you, Ola. It doesn't just work in Africa. It works in Australia too. Ola, thank you so much for your call. We're taking calls on one 316 316 Let's take another call. Solomon is in Adelaide. Hi, Solomon. 
Hello, how are you? Very well. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, my question has to do with how is this um, oligo service in Gold Coast going to be different from past oligo um, programs? And what are we expecting? What impact will it have on the Australian community and the world at large? Good question. Uh, the upcoming conference, the convention that's coming up, uh, there's going to be a Holy Ghost service uh, pa- uh, part of that. Uh, is it going to be the same as it is in Africa? What are your thoughts, Abraham? Thank you very much, uh, Solomon, for calling in. The program in Queensland uh, at Gold Coast is going to last for three days. There'll be teachings, there'll be seminars covering every aspect of life, finances, uh, relationship and leadership and so forth. So one of the major aspects of that uh, those three days is the Friday evening session, which we call the Holy Ghost service. Now it's going to feature what we normally enjoy monthly at the Holy Ghost service in Nigeria. Number one, because the anchor for that session of the program of the convention is the general of the church, Pastor Inokadeboye, who also anchors the one in Nigeria. So God is going to minister his word through him. And when God speaks through him, God backs it up with signs and wonders. Even as he speaks the word of God, you are him saying, my father says that he's releasing word of knowledge. God has given the gift of word of knowledge. And even right where he's ministering from us, God will give him word for everyone. So the word of God is coming to us and for us as people gathering at that meeting. And the effect on the community will be enormous. Because the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere of Queensland is going to be affected for good as we gather, pray for the land, and also minister to assess during the program. It's going to be a blessing both to the gathering and to the community by the grace of God. Solomon in Adelaide, uh, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. Adewali is in Brisbane. Hello, Adewali. Welcome along. Uh, thank you very much. What are your thoughts? Yeah, in fact, I've been part of the uh, preparation for this program, and uh, the expectations are very high. Uh, what I want to ask uh, Pastor Abraham is uh, is that now with this program, the the how are we going to the productions like the the, the re- recordings from this program? How do we intend to propagate? them on the social media so that they have a sort of far-reaching and universal effect, you know, even for years to come. Good question, Adewale. Your question is around uh, the way that social media is being used and uh, what will happen here in Australia, of course, uh, with that reflection, no doubt, on your upcoming convention. But uh, how has the African church used social media? Uh, is there an insight here, Abraham? Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, by God's grace, the church in Africa is also, you know, on the social media at various platforms. But coming back home to our own program and uh, our part of the world here, we have our website. The program will also be on YouTube. And all over the world, people, we expect that people will connect with us and that they will be blessed as they join both live or those who will be watching later. Definitely, the program will be recorded and it's going to be on the website, on the YouTube for quite some time to come. Because we know that even people are not able to join live, 
whenever they visit the place or the recording, the same power of God upon the program will still manifest in their lives to give them their miracles. So definitely, the program will be recorded, and those who are joining live and those who will be watching later or connecting later will also be blessed by what God will do at the program. Adewali, thank you so much for your call. Let's see if we can squeeze in one more. It's uh, Moijan or Morgan uh, from Melbourne. Welcome along. Thank you so much, sir. What are your thoughts? Hello. Hello. What are your thoughts? Um, can you please I just enter, and I'm not sure what they're talking about. Can you just please explain for me? Then I'll go ahead. Thank you. Right. Well, uh, you're joining into our conversation. Do you have a question for our guest? Um, I just wanted to know that about the Redeemed Christian Church of God, how is this effective in Australia? Uh, Pastor Abraham? Yes. Okay. Thank you, uh, Mojgan, for calling in uh, to the program. The Redeemed Christian Church of God, as we said, an evangelical church. Our vision is to reach out to the community. So we have branches of the church in many places. For example, since we have voted from uh, Melbourne, Victoria, in Victoria, we have more than 12 branches of the church, more than 12 assemblies of the church. And in particular, one of the churches, you know, is an ethnic church, if I can use that word, to minister to non-English speaking audience. We have uh, a particular church we call the Ambassador Parish, which is an Iranian uh, congregation that is based in Melbourne. We're also having other churches that the believing God will attend to different ethnicities present in Australia. So the church is big. We are planting more churches and we have many branches of the church in Victoria. We can easily link you up with any of the branches or if you have relations who want to attend the church. Not only in Melbourne, but even across Australia and the Pacific. Uh, in Queensland, for example, we have about six branches of the church. In uh, New, uh, New South Wales, we have over 12 branches of the church. And in Western Australia, we have about 15 branches of the church. So definitely, we are all over the place and the people can easily connect with us. Thank you. Mojgan, thank you so much for your call. And the time is running out. So far as expansion goes in Australia, Abraham, uh, do you have a special vision for Australia and the the South Pacific Islands? Uh, Expectations? You know, we've got 80 assemblies across Australia Pacific. Uh, What are your expectations? Are there something in your vision and goals that you can share with us? That's right. Uh, Vision is to reach every soul in Australia and is to give them a place of worship close to them so that they can worship God, learn about God, come into personal relation with God, and then be discipled for Christ to reach their own family, their own colleague, and their own national. What we do is that when we enter a place, we begin with the state capital, or the capital city in every environment. And then from there, as God expands our network, we begin to reach to the local communities. But apart from mentioning the word of God to them, we have uh, a Christian social or community outfit. We call it Hope for You Australia. 
this one makes us relevant to the community. You know, the Redemptive Church of God is a church. We have a, a statement that we, say we must be a relevant church in our community. So what we do in many of our big churches or major branches is that we ask them to do what we call a needs analysis to identify the basic need of the immediate community. I remember one of our churches in Melbourne, we did a needs analysis and we discovered that there are seven needs in our immediate community. So we partner with the city council and we had a workshop on drug addiction and mental health for the youths. You know, that was before the, uh, the COVID, you know, took place. And that this has been the things we are doing to affect the community. Don't the flood. We also give donations to people in the, to the lifeline in Queensland and the New South Wales, you know, we are people affected. So it's a church that is relevant to the community. It's a church that is trying to reach out to people, bring them out of their ignorance of Christ, to the knowledge of Christ, by giving their life to Christ and then growing to know God. And this has also made their, in the life of individuals better because they now know that it's good to serve God, to live right, and it has made our community a lot better. Well, Pastor Abraham, time has run out, and uh, I know there'll be a lot of listeners who will be so inspired by hearing what's happening out of uh, just one church experience in Lagos, Nigeria, and an outreach around the world. Pastor Abraham Hastrup is the Continental Overseer of the Redeemed Christian Church of God in Australia. He has uh, indicated there's 80 assemblies across the the Australia-Pacific, 50 in Australia, the remainder in the South Pacific Islands. I do want to mention the convention that's coming up and the convention of the Redeemed Christian Church of God in Australia is happening on the 21st through the 24th of September. The theme is The King is Coming, based on Revelation chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. And uh, you can be a part of that convention at the Southport Church of Christ on the Gold Coast. Uh, He did mention, too, it's going to be filmed and it will be available through social media streaming and via YouTube after the event. He did also mention that you can get a glimpse of what happens at that Holy Ghost gathering in Nigeria, where the choir itself is 10,000 strong and 500,000 people turn out monthly for that particular gathering. And you can visit that website at rccg.org and, uh, or go onto YouTube and find RCCG and find uh, images of that gathering. To register to be a part of the convention that's coming up on the 21st to the 24th of September, the website in Australia is rccgaustraliapacific.org. So RCCG stands for the Redeemed Church, the Redeemed Christian Church of God in Australia. So rccgaustraliapacific.org. Uh, Pastor Abraham Hastrup, uh, thank you so much for taking some time to share your insights with us today on 2020. Nell, thanks very much for giving us the opportunity. God bless you and God bless your ministry. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.